This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, boys and girls, Tyler Rucker of the No Ceilings NBA Draft Show. We're recording on the 20th. Nice little Thursday action. Got plenty that I wanted to talk about. Obviously, you guys can hear I'm taking over. Going a little solo mode on this one. Tyler Metcalf, my co-host of Norm, dealing with a little load management. Metcalf's been been grinding his butt off. Needed needed the week off. So I figured, hey, either take a little breather or get a little wild with this one and have some fun. Maybe vent out some thoughts. So that's what I'm going to do. We're going to have some fun with this episode as usual. Hope all you guys are doing well. I know we're reaching the time of the year where it gets a little, little cut and dry. When it comes to the draft grind, obviously the maniacs out there starting to get the itch to look to the 24 class. I understand it I, myself. I'm already getting crazy with that database. So that's what I want to kind of do with this one. But I want to talk about summer league still. Um, I'm having a problem letting go, folks. There's just a lot of thoughts I've had. I've been kind of going back and watching all these players, all these prospects, kind of seeing some what some of the returners did in some of these games that I might have missed firsthand. And I've got a lot of thoughts, a lot of stuff I wanted to share. and some guys that are really intriguing me as potential breakout candidates for the upcoming year. So I want to talk about summer league, kind of get another final, like farewell. If you want to put it that way, you know, it's tough to say goodbye, but sometimes we, we got to do it. We got to rip the bandaid off. And then I, I do want to open up the door about 24. I think this draft class is obviously getting a lot of people nervous. It's, it's well-deserved to have a little bit of hesitation doubt, but I also think there's some real serious intrigue with the 24 class that people might not be seeing right away. And I'm gonna have a lot of thoughts on that. I'm gonna be, you know, talking about some of the top prospects that are, you know, you might see consensus big boards heading in this upcoming months. And I wouldn't get married to those rankings. There's a lot of this year's gonna have a lot of variety. There's gonna be some people making a charge with certain names at number one. I bet you'll see the biggest difference and big boards you'll ever see with this class because there's just there's no slam dunk number one guy there's going to be some names up the top that are getting a lot of attention a lot of buzz and praise but i think this class you know those guys that are trying to be the number one pick are going to have a lot of warts in their game they're going to have a lot of questions that need to get answered this year and it's going to be fascinating to look at and i do think there's some really intriguing depth and i'm excited to talk about that but i, I first want to focus on summer league summer league's awesome it's a fantastic event for fans to get really excited about when it comes to, you know, looking at these rookies that just got selected by your franchise, your organization, you get really excited to see kind of what's the future, where do we want to evaluate their game right now and put them at and how close they might be to contributing as a rookie, what to expect from their rookie year, what do they need to improve on, what type of player could we be seeing helping this team? Um, and there's a lot of guys that really impress as rookies, but I, I always have said, I think Summer League is so awesome for the sophomores. 
or the returners or the guys that are looking to take that next step in their game. It's one of the coolest things ever to see a rookie that might not have impressed as a rookie work on his game with a full NBA offseason. Because you have to remember, these guys just came off of the media frenzy. You're seeing that with some of the guys in the 23 class, like Victor Wembanyama of the San Antonio Spurs, struggled that first game, went to the media, even talked about, like, I'm just wanting to get back to working on hoops. I just want to get away from the media. I don't want to talk to you guys, which you have to understand, like, especially someone like Victor, obviously, international star, one of the most hyped prospects in recent memory. You can understand it. You can tell. Like these these guys are still kids at the end of the day. And they got a lot of time that they want to work on their game. They got a lot of distractions going on right now. And that's why that first full offseason, I think, is so underratedly important, especially for some of these guys that are looking to all of a sudden take that next step, earn more minutes in the rotation. Um, but I'll start with the rookie class because after going back and watching some of the film, from what I've seen in Vegas with some of the No Ceilings crew, but going back and seeing this film, I think Asar Thompson was absolutely unbelievable. Asar, I've had since the beginning of the year higher than his brother Amen, and I thought Amen was fantastic in his brief outing for the for the Rockets. But here's the thing: I'm at with Asar. A lot of people are really impressed with his playmaking at summer league, and it's not something new. I think it's one of those things where we all got caught up with the idea of a man being this fantastic playmaker because he makes the flashier plays, which pop on film. It's a highlight machine. We love to watch that stuff. That's what gets us on YouTube at midnight watching, you know, a men Thompson highlights. And there's nothing better than that because some of the passes a men can make are jaw dropping. But if you watch a SAR, he might not make the flashiest plays, but his playmaking is right up there. He understands where the ball should go. He understands how to play and make his teammates better. I think that's the, the biggest impact for Asar, and Pistons fans should be overly giddy because Asar is going to make this team better, and it's not just in a way of scoring. Like He's going to get a lot of hustle points. We saw that in summer league. He averaged 13.5 points, 9.8 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and two steals a game. Shooting splits of 46, 27, 64. Obviously, the shooting splits are something that we're going to want to see improve over the year. And he's going to have some growing pains. All rookies do. We have to be realistic with some of these guys and how quickly they might hit the ground running. But the reason why I had Asar such a high prospect, I think I had him sixth overall, is he's going to be able to impact the game in so many ways. That is not just the scoring column. Like Kenny Smith of Inside the NBA has always said this, and it's one of my favorite quotes ever. He's like, Superstars can impact the games in so many different ways. Like there's, you can all be a star, but superstars know how to dominate a game in various levels. And the star at, at some point is going to have that potential to be one of those superstar types of talents because his athleticism freakish, just like his brother. He's a menace on the boards. He's one of those guys that will make the extra play to keep a possession alive. Going back to evaluating him, I said with, Tyler Metcalf on her show numerous times. I was like, I see some all defense potential with the SAR. Like I, he has violent hands. You you saw the anticipation at summer league on some of those plays where he's just a move ahead. And I think, yeah, the scoring, the shot will be the focus area, but with how much Asar does on the court and how much he's going to impact and make life easier for his teammates, Detroit got a dog. Detroit got an absolute fantastic addition to their organization. And Asar's upside is 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply just freakish another rookie that just you go back and watch his tape and you're just like oh my gosh this is the highway robbery uh hunter tyson of the denver nuggets watching hunter's film is so funny and seeing him in person i think the first game we watched they were going up against the milwaukee bucks and tyson just looked like he had like 15 espresso shots before the game just running all over high motor that never seemed to run out of gas was making impactful plays he was just playing at a different speed different top speed but it was under control then you pair that with the the shot which he was impressing teams throughout the pre-draft process with the shooting denver jumped all over him and when they took him i was like well that's a that's a bit early and that's the beauty of summer league is you quickly find out there's some players that you're like man hunter tyson did i miss there should i have given that a little bit more of a realistic possibility of this being a potential steal situations everything um i think guys that have multiple years in college are always slept on. It's one of the things that drives me crazy because I was like, if a guy got better throughout the year, shouldn't we kind of give him that nod, give him his flowers for working on his game, stepping up? And Denver, you know, shout out to Calvin Booth and that organization, that front office, that looks like a heck of a haul for the 23 class to improve the defending champs. You're getting some depth cheap with the new CBA. That's so important. But Hunter Tyson looks like a guy that's like, oh gosh, we're going to find a way to get him minutes freakish production he averaged 20.8 points six rebounds 1.8 assists shooting splits of 54 50 87 that's just ridiculous and you watch the film it's even more impressive because it's just a confident guy that's just like i'm out here to send a statement i know my shot i know where to work to get it if you leave me open i'm gonna make you pay for it he's just lighting the net on fire so hunter tyson another guy really impressed me gotta give some some attention to keegan murray i know everyone might moan and groan when i say that he only played two games the california classic a lot of people have been saying on social media why did he even play it's because you got to develop these guys yes keegan had a fantastic rookie year the kings did a great job this is exactly what you should do with someone like keegan murray get him a couple games let his confidence be soaring at an all-time high shut him down that's exactly what he did i think keegan averaged around 35 points a game like freakish numbers again but It's been funny to kind of see now the public opinion of like, hey, Keegan might have way more upside than we thought. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. You know, I have my misses, but I will never forget getting called out on YouTube. We love the YouTube comments here at No Ceilings, but someone called me an absolute maniac for projecting that Keegan Murray would be a top five pick and said I'm the type of person that would ruin a front office. And then Keegan goes forth. So shout out to that guy. Um, You fuel me to be better every day. I appreciate that. Um, being serious though, Keegan looks fantastic. Really pumped to see that Sacramento Kings team. I think they got a lot of good stuff turning in the right direction. Obviously a big off season. They're going to be fun. Sacramento's here to stay. I'm really excited for that. One of my favorite developments of summer league, a guy that really just caught my attention from the California classic, carried that over to Vegas, looked outstanding. And I think could just absolutely break out is Max Christie, of the Los Angeles Lakers. Look, it's, it, this is what we love about evaluation. Um, I have to give some flowers to to my co-host, Tyler Metcalf. He stuck to his guns. Like This is a really important part of evaluation is, is at some point you have to trust your gut. 
people will always ask me like, what's some tips about evaluating and scouting? And I'm like, trust your gut. Don't get swayed by the public opinion. If you do your homework, if you do enough research, if you watch enough film, if you know what you're talking about, believe in yourself. If you thought Max Christie was a potential guy that just had a tough freshman year at Michigan State and you thought the upside was still there and it might just take a while for everything to click, stick to your guns. Metcalf did that. I don't have my listing right ahead, but I know I had Christie, I think, in the first round. And I was like, man, someone's going to figure it out if they're just patience because you got to buy the tools. The outside shot looked beautiful at Michigan State. It just never came around on a consistent level. I thought he showed flashes of being a dominant defensive presence. And then it just... That's why the end of the season, the end of the regular season, it's such an important thing to watch. Like there's the month of play always around like March in which people get like, oh gosh, look at these lineups. And I'm like, yeah, no, pay attention to those lineups. Who are they playing? Like it seemed like the Lakers playing Max Christie. Like if he all of a sudden has like five games where things are starting to click, that is crucial going into an off season, going into a first full off season for him to be like, okay. This is working. Now I need to work on this. Work on this. From the opening tip in California Classic, Christie's demeanor on the ball with the ball in his hands, completely night and day difference. He's attacking. He's getting to his spots. He's not forcing the issue. He's being patient with his shots. I mean, you're talking about he'd pull the ball out, get a guy on an island, pick him apart, turn around, fade away in the post, nothing but net. Um, he's attacking the basket with violent, violent intentions he had one of those posters against the warriors in vegas that was like oh my gosh did you see max christie's dunk and then he had the numbers to back it up and i thought he did some fantastic playmaking it wasn't just a guy that's like hey i need to go out and average 25 a game it was a guy that's like i need to do a little bit of everything to show this team i'm ready to contribute even in my second year he averaged 16.5 points 4.7 rebounds 3.2 assists 1.2 blocks shooting splits of 49 55 96 I think that was in like five or six games. It's it's coming, folks. The Laker team needs someone like Max Christie. Potential volume, three-point shooter that really could space the floor. Understands now that the in-between game's coming together. And he's ready to go. This is a, a dream. This is an absolute dream if you're an organization or a fan base in which you got Max Christie where you got him in the draft. You let him get some confidence in the G League. He played good to end this regular season worked his ass off in the offseason, and just exploded at Summer League. Because right now, he's realizing how good he was. The confidence is soaring. He's going to keep working on his game. He's walking into training camp with a completely different mentality than he did last year. Last year, every rookie's spinning their heads of like, oh gosh, I'm here. Finally, I get to focus on hoops. Things are going a million miles an hour. Now things are slowing down. And for someone like Max Christie, that Lakers team, obviously they could stay healthy. We know LeBron. We know AD. AD's probably getting an extension before the season starts. They were playing great basketball after that trade deadline. Now you add Max Christie, a young wing with some confidence in the right way too. Like it's not just like, oh, I'm the guy. It's no, I, I'm here to help. I'm ready to go. What can I do? Like Max Christie could go out and be a three and D guy early on while the game continues to develop and he finds his role and give this Lakers team a huge boost. So I I absolutely love what I saw from Christie. I thought it was fantastic. I, I can't go any longer without talking about Jabari Smith. That's the stuff we dream of as evaluators of not just rookies and draft picks, but like young talent in the NBA. That's what we dream of, of seeing at Summer League. Here's the thing with Jabari. And I've talked about this a little bit on previous episodes, but I think it's so important to point out. As fans, I'm right there with everyone. We want immediate results with rookies, especially if you're a top five pick. Like we want you to come in and 
send the send the organization in a different direction than it's been. We want you to be the reason why our team's not picking in the top five next year. But the most important thing you could do for a young talent is let them play, let them figure it out, let them go through some hardship, let them get some growing pains. And I think that's such a rare thing. Obviously, Houston last year, bit of a nightmare, bit of a circus. I've heard plenty of stories behind the scenes. I think they're going to be trending in the right direction. Big offseason, got some vets in there. They're doing the right thing. I, I, I thought Houston had a very sneaky good offseason. I know they put out some big numbers, paid some guys some huge salaries, but you got to pay to get those guys. And Udoka is going to be a you know tone setter as a coach. That locker room just shifted in a huge direction. Fred Van Vliet's going to his impact's going to be bigger than what he does on the court, and he's still a great player. Dylan Brooks, yeah, everyone's going to be freaking out about the payment, but it's the mentality he's going to bring there. There's going to be no nonsense. He's got vets that want to win. And now you got hungry young guys that are going to float to that, gravitate to that. And everything we heard about Jabari Smith heading into the pre-draft process was what a relentless worker he is, what a high-character talent he is. And you're seeing that. We just saw this. Look how much better he got. We've seen enough. Too good for Summer League, right at the top of the list. The biggest thing with Jabari, his rookie year, was that he hit that wall early. He struggled. The shot didn't fall around. He had a tough Summer League. I think he shot 11% from three as a, as a rookie at Summer League. First half of the season, struggling to find his groove. Ends the year rolling. He looks so much better. And I was like, that is the absolute dream, is that your young talent starts to play good to end the season. I just talked about with Max Christie, that confidence you can bring into a full offseason is so important because you could be like, all right, I'm starting to figure this out. Now let me work on areas of my game that could start to bring everything together. And going into summer league, Jabari was at the top of my list personally of like guys I wanted to see is that next step happening. And it was a big damn leap. I, I was so pumped watching that in person. Um, he averaged 35.5 points a game, seven rebounds, four assists, one block, shooting splits of 50, 35, 85. But I think the biggest development for me was there's a mid-range, there's a face-up game now coming alive for Jabari. There's a, a game of putting it on the ground, getting to the hoop, doing some really good stuff. It, it's such a big development. It's, you know, Shane Goon's obviously going to have a potential humongous year. Jabari next to him. It's going to be amazing. I think they're going to bring a man long slowly, which is smart. Just be patient, Rockets fans. Things are coming together. It's going to be a really exciting team, but I think Jabari's quickly now. You know, we had some questions in the first half of his rookie year, but these guys take time. Let's let them figure it out. Golden rule, I always say, three years. Three years reevaluate. That's what every front office executive, GM I've ever talked to is like, hey, we wait three years, we reevaluate. Because some of these guys just don't find their groove right away. It takes time for things to click. It takes time for the game to slow down. And I think Jabari, the game slowed down a lot at Summer League. He looked fantastic. I'm really, really excited to see what he does in his second year. All right, so I'm, I got some more thoughts about Summer League standouts, in my opinion. Um, obviously, I'm not going to go through every single guy. I'm just going off of some of the notables that really caught my attention. And we'll go from there. And then we'll talk about the 24 class, break down some thoughts, get into that madness. Um, Rockets fans also want to give some flowers to Tari Eason. Really excited with what I saw, too. Another guy that got shut down early. I think Udoka is going to love Tarizan just because of what I saw on the defensive side in Vegas. Like, it, it's just a talent that it's not going to be hard for him to get minutes. Maybe you slot him right behind Jabari Smith. There's your two-man power forward rotation. Who knows? But Tari's got too much versatility. I, I think the confidence was surging, too. I'm excited to see kind of what that roster looks like moving forward. 
Um, I don't think Yudoka will be a guy that's like, oh gosh, I got these high caliber picks. I got to play him. I think he's going to find guys that does what he wants at a high level, high effort, buys in, and he's going to lean with them. He's going to give some trust. It would not shock me if Tari's high on that list because of his defensive versatility, how he impacts the game, fills out the box scores. So another really impressive one. Um, I want to talk about the Thunder trio that really caught my attention. Obviously, you know, Case and Wallace looked fantastic, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick to some of the other names. I got two names that I absolutely loved. Um, one name that I went back and watched, and there's something really developing for the Thunder. Um, let's 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 start with the obvious. The king of the two good for summer league team took about one quarter of watching Jalen Williams, J Dub, friend of the program. Took about one quarter for me to say get him off the court. It was awesome. Um, I, I'm really excited for J Dub this year. He looked fantastic summer league. Put on some weight which I think is important because I think he understands now he's going to be targeted as a potential offensive guy, and he's going to throw that weight around a little bit more on the attack and probably use that to be a little bit more versatile defensively when it comes to guarding up. But J-Dub quickly hit a couple shots from outside, did some stuff on the floor, got to his spots, and I was like, okay, this looks like a six-year guy that was just trying to get some run. So yeah, Thunder fans should be pumped out of their mind. I cannot wait to watch this team this year. It's going to be one of the most exciting league pass teams, I think, in the NBA. And they're going to get a big boost from Mr. Chet Holmgren. Um, I know everyone's been hearing plenty about Chet. It's well-deserved. Um, you know, going back to watching, I, I watched every game that Chet played in because I just wanted to see how things were coming together. And it's important for everyone to remember, you know, Victor Weminyama. Rough first game after months of media, not playing live games, all of a sudden adjusting to the NBA. He was the guy overseas for the Metropolitan 92s. All of a sudden played at the NBA game, his first game. And it was just trying to kind of be like, okay, I'm not, obviously I'm the guy because I'm the number one pick, but there's a lot of guys out here that are talented. I have to find my groove. Second game looks so much better. What I want to go out with how that, you know, kind of ties in with Chet. Chet just had a full off, a full year of not playing organized hoops. And you go watch that first game in Utah and you look rusty right out of the gate, which it was expected. Like we, we should have all been expecting this to happen. Looked a little rusty. And I, I talked about it on a, our previous draft episode with Matt Calf. Talked about it with some of the no ceilings guys in Vegas. He gets hit on a drive, falls down. It's like the first time he fell down since his injury. And ever since he jumped back up and it was a pretty good fall. Like he, kind of got up a little slow but ever since he got back up was moving on the floor completely different it looked like it was just a big sigh of relief of like all right i'm okay which any of us you know if we were ever put in that position where it's like hey we suffer a lower leg injury obviously there's going to be some trust issues with our frame and, and you could see why like all of a sudden after he's like okay i'm all right chat just looked like himself i've been evaluating for gosh forever it seems like chet is the most special defensive prospect I've ever evaluated. I will say that with pure confidence. Evan Mobley's in the conversation. Anthony Davis at Kentucky obviously is in the conversation. Chet has the potential to make the Thunder team a top 10 defensive team in their in his first year. I, I really think that highly of him. Like I, I don't think Chet's going to put up big numbers scoring-wise because of how many lethal scorers that team has. Um, but, but I still think he's going to be a high-rebounding presence it's not just that he's a violent shot blocker it's that he's always rotating a move ahead of the offense to put himself in position to alter shots 
And that's what makes Chet so special. And that's what I saw him live in Vegas. That's what stood out to me the most is he is barking out commands a move ahead. He is analyzing a defense like an NFL quarterback. And that stuff's not fake. Like that stuff is real. And that's why I've always said, like, if you're ever puzzled about a prospect, go see him in person. You're going to find something that you ne- you can't see on film. That's my biggest takeaway I ever saw from Chet was on film. I thought it was this tall, lanky, skinny. I wasn't convinced he moved that fluid on tape. I saw him in person and I was like, he glides on the court like a deer. And just the anticipation defensively, the awareness, the awareness not only of where he's supposed to be, but where his teammates are supposed to be, what's going on, dissecting the offense, what they're trying to accomplish, and then putting himself in position to disrupt whatever their goal is offensively. That's what makes Chet so special. Not worried about the three-point shot. I think he's got the right mentality where you can tell he's watched a lot of his game, a lot of NBA players, how they've picked people apart. His interview with Kevin Garnett, if you haven't seen it, awesome. Badass. Um, I, I'm just really pumped for Chet. So I thought it was a great showing from him. No, I'm not worried about the three-point shot. Don't worry about it. Chet, Chet's going to be fine. Let's let him spend some time, get some rust out, get the butterflies out. He's going to be fine. The name I want to talk about, though, and Thunder fans are going to just light up when I say this. Uzman Zhang, folks. Um, now, this is a name in one of the most interesting young developments, case studies, really fascinating stuff when it comes to just evaluating a prospect, kind of monitoring their progress, their progression. Zhang, the first half as a prospect of him playing in the NBL, and if you don't know Zhang's background, okay, you're fine. You're new here. I'll help you out. Really talented prospect in France, decided to go play in the NBL. It's kind of one of their big, you know, obviously LaMelo Ball, RJ Hampton. Those were some big names to start the trend. But Zhang was like the first international guy that really was like, oh gosh, he's going now to go play. So it was like a big deal. And the first half of his season with the NBL, it was like, I, I watched him and I was like, I don't know if this guy's draftable. Like it was just complete kid that's just lost. Which understandable. He was a tall, skinny, raw wing in a physical league. I was like, this take time, young. Um, and then he ended the season, looked like a completely different human being. It was awesome. I was like, all right, I see it now. Here comes that rise. Thunder invest in him. The the talent, the upside, the potential, all the tools he had was legit. It was serious. It was something that is like, hey, he went to the perfect organization that could be like, year one, we're not expecting you to be in our rotation. You're one where we're going to put you in the G League with arguably one of the better G League teams, staffs, developmental programs in the NBA. I love what the OKC Blue do. And we're going to let you play. And not only that, whenever you can come up, we're going to get you some time running with the big club to get you some run, to get you feeling what it's like up here and what you got to work on. What do you need to expect? Zhang, going back and watching his games, I didn't focus too much on him specifically because I was focused on Chet, J-Dub, um, Trey Mann was awesome also, a lot of those other guys. And I wanted to make it a point when I got back from Summer League in Vegas to to go back and watch Zhang because he's putting up some numbers. That's always fun to box score chase and be like, okay, I need to go watch something. And Zhang just kept doing it over and over and over again, kept seeing some highlights and I was like, something's happening here. And going back to watch his game, that's a beast. There's a beast developing right there in OKC. He looks so fluid compared to where he was a year and a half ago there's just some confidence building off the bounce the three-point shots really coming along it looks 
beautiful. Looks smooth. Um, he averaged 14, 6, and 4. Shooting splits of 50, 35, 76. I just really like what I saw from him. And and I've said this before, and I don't want Thunder fans to take it the wrong way. Uh, I think the biggest thing for Zhang this year, you got to find a way to stick on the court. And with how much talent that team has, I think it would be really smart if Zhang could be like, hey, let me be a 3 and D guy early on. My game's still developing but I need to find a way to get in this rotation. And with his size, his length, if they could get him to buy in defensively, that's such a big boost because that three-point shot is going to come around. It's going to be a weapon for him. And then the in-between game, we might look up next year and be like, oh gosh, they got a real beast up there. I just really was impressed with Zhang. I'm really excited to see where he continues to go. Um, if it's not this year of him earning you know, consistent minutes in that rotation of being like the seventh or eighth guy, Maybe year three is the breakout, but it would not shock me if Zhang's one of those, hey, OKC's rolling, Zhang's starting to do some really fun stuff. Maybe in the middle of the year, all of a sudden, we're looking up and be like, Zhang's earned minutes. He's earned minutes. He's becoming a really nice weapon, looking like a team that if everything goes well and stays healthy, he, they might be in the playoffs. And then the playoffs are awesome for young guys because all of a sudden, one strong performance, one strong series can just be a gasoline barrel on fire to kind of cheat that developmental curve. So I'm pumped to see Zhang. Really excited. I got to give some shout out to Leonard Miller. Yeah, folks, it's that time. Leonard Miller. Well, I mean, I just don't know where to start with this with this kid. Um, had a lot of fans in the draft community trying to say he should go lottery. Those same fans, very, very excited right now to let everyone know that he should have still gone lottery. I, I want to pump the brakes a little bit because here's the point with Leonard Miller. I thought he was such an intriguing prospect. I had him on my board where he ended up in that range. And people might be saying, well, I bet you wish you'd change that right now. And I'm like, no, I feel pretty great about it. You know, he ended up in a perfect spot. He ended up in an outstanding fit. The draft is always about fit. And you could argue if you went the top 14 picks that, you know, expectations might've been a lot higher. Obviously he looked like one of the best guys at summer league when it comes to just value. Um, Leonard looks like to be a, a potential steal. I was really pumped to see, I believe they signed him to a full contract. Minnesota's got big, big goals, big aspirations for Leonard Miller. He did exactly what I thought he was going to do. Summer league is made for some of these guys. Like if it, players like Leonard Miller should thrive at summer league, it's up tempo. It's chaotic, a little wild. Leonard Miller is an agent, agent of chaos. I love what he does around the basket. He's got a special talent to make very quick decisions after getting rebounds. And what I mean by that is like, he's very quick to get right back up. He's very quick to understand like, oh, I got this rebound on the left side, turnover, finish with my right hand. Hands stay high, stays active, soft touch. He's a garbage man. Those guys figure out a way to stick around the league and be desired by teams. He's 6'10", 6'11", young, showed some awesome playmaking flashes at summer league. And then the outside shot's starting to look like it's going to be respectable. So, that type of high rebounding, high motor, energetic playmaker, grab and go guy. Yeah. Minnesota's probably pumped out of the mind. Like that's where you get excited about like, Hey, Leonard Miller, Jaden McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, Jalen Clark didn't even play. I still have high, high expectations for him. They're building a lot of athletes with length, size, really exciting stuff. Like I, I would be pumped if I'm a Timberwolves fan, everyone's going to point at Tim Conley for the Rudy Gobert trade. He's doing an awesome job of putting this roster together for the future. The Gobert one is going to be one that everyone always looks at. And yes, he overpaid to take a swing for that. But 
I love the direction this team's going. And I've said this to Metcalf. He's a diehard Timberwolves fan. I've told him on the air. I've told him off the air. I was like, dude, they're building something. They're building something that's going to piss some teams off with like how lengthy, versatile, how nasty, high motor guys, confident guys. It's going to be really fun to see to come together. And I think Leonard Miller's, you know, summer league, he looked like one of the biggest steals in the 23 draft. So I'm, I'm pumped where he ended up. I'm pumped for the organization. Looks like a great fit moving forward. Things could get crazy. You know, some people might think he's going to be spending some time in the G League early on. Leonard Miller might be one of those guys that's like, hey, we need him. We need him early on. He can do some stuff early on in the rotation that could help us out with our depth. So great fit. Great summer league showing from Leonard Miller. Pumped to see it moving forward. I got two more guys. Two more guys I want to talk about, and then we can take a little breather and try to wrap our heads around some some early 24 draft thought process. The eye test, folks. Sometimes when you're evaluating, the eye test just has to, you got, you got to trust what your eyes are seeing. Throw numbers out of the window. Don't focus on percentages. Do you believe what you're seeing? And that was my thing with Keontae George um, at Baylor. I, I saw him in person beginning of the draft cycle in Vegas. Um, They're playing against Virginia. My first thought was Keontae was stocky. Um, he, li- he was listed around... 190 i want to say on the baylor website and i was like there's no way that's got to be more he's got to be over 200 at least and it wasn't just like fat it was just like bulky muscles i was like he's gonna be annoying to deal with tough year with the percentages i think he was like around 30 high 30s field goal percentage and mid 30s three-point percentage off the top of my head he's one of the best guys in summer league i said this on the summer league reaction pod with metcalf my jaw dropped to the floor when I saw Keontae in person. I, I'd seen the videos of him in the pre-draft process. I was like, gosh, he looks like he's in fantastic shape. Looked bouncy, way quicker first step. Saw him at Utah um, watching those games. I was like, he's really popping. He looks great, fantastic. And I was like, I hope he could carry this into Vegas and keep this going. And it's not just like, a oh, he had a two-game stretch and then all of a sudden kind of hit a dry spell in Vegas. He was awesome. When I saw him in the gym in Vegas, my jaw dropped. He is so skinny. He looks fantastic. He looks in great shape. He averaged 18.7 points per game, 3.7 rebounds, 5.3 assists, shooting splits of 45, 39, 75. It's just the way Keontae's playing that really stood out to me. He looks so confident in his ability. It's one of those guys that all of a sudden now he looks like, oh, I'm in the best shape of my life. And everything is so much easier now on the court. Like, I get to my spots quicker. I get, I feel more balanced. I've got more burst. I've got more bounce. Um, he's throwing down oops. He's pulling up from the parking lot. He's throwing out dimes left and right. He's hitting teammates in transition ahead. He's doing a little bit of everything. I'm just really pumped to see what this Utah Jazz team is going to look like this year. I think Taylor Hendricks is going to be a good piece that they're going to bring her along slowly with that front court depth. Um, it was a bummer that. He had that hamstring injury, so we didn't get to see him at Summer League, but they're going to be smart with him down the road. Bryce Sensible, as long as he's healthy, he's going to put up some numbers. He's going to put up some shots, but Bryce can score in a hurry. And Utah, I thought, was going to be a team that was one of those like, oh, hey, you overachieved last year. You might be in for a rude little step back. And now instead, I'm like, hey, you you might be taking another step forward. Got to give some shout-out to Danny H. This is what he does. He cheats the rebuilding process. <laughs> he takes... He, instead of hitting step A, he's in the middle of the alphabet when he starts. So um, Jazz fans should be pumped. Keontae looks awesome. Let's calm down with the Donovan Mitchell comparisons. This is just Keontae. 
Last guy I have to give a shout out to. Um, another guy on the Denver Nuggets. This looks like a beast is about to be unleashed. It took about a quarter of watching Peyton Watson in his second summer league for me to realize that this is going to be a problem for the NBA. The Nuggets team is about to get a 6'9", 6'10", lengthy, very athletic, playmaking wing that is extremely hungry. And you could tell at Summer League he was wanting to just send a statement. Bruce Brown was such a big part of that team last year. And Bruce got paid. Shout out to the Pacers. Very awesome to see Bruce get paid. And and, and he's going to get an unbelievable contract and probably be a great piece for them. But now you're getting Peyton Watson, who I still think is going to scare some people with his defensive upside and you're going to potentially get that same sort of type of idea but you're going to get him at six nine with freakish measurables and crazy athleticism denver is going to be scary and they have a beast waiting to be unleashed and they're going to be really smart if they just say hey peyton run wild and do some really fun stuff for us I thought everything's right on track. I think he looks fantastic. I think he's got the right mentality from everything I've heard, every interview I've watched of just, he knows like, hey, whatever I can do to help us win, I'm ready to go. That's exactly the mentality you should have as a second year guy. Um, your team just won a ship. You got you to gotta prove that you can bring something to the table. So I'm excited to see what Peyton Watson does. I thought he was one of my favorite guys I saw there. Like at some point, throw the numbers out of the conversation. I just want to say like who popped at Summer League? Peyton Watson was one of the top guys that popped at summer league of like, Oh gosh, there's a really fun path for him next year. Let's, let's take a little quick breather, gather our breaths, and then let's talk about the beast. All right, we're back. Let's get into this beast 24 class. I know it's a little earlier than some of you might expect for me to start talking about this. That's what I love about the no ceilings crew. They're pushing the envelope to start talking earlier and earlier each year about the upcoming class. And we have a lot of questions about this one as a lot of evaluators do out there. Um, all the concerns with this class warranted right now. But this is also why I've personally told the No Ceilings crew, like I'm the most excited about the 24 class because I think this is a year for evaluators to really have some fun. There's a wide range. You got a guy that you believe in, cement your flag. Go to war for it because this is the year to do it. There's a lot of interesting talent. There's a lot of guys that are going to find their names probably in the preseason top 10s. There's going to be a lot of boards, too, that are going to have some guys that might be second on some boards, and they might be 15th on another. It's the year. It's the year to have a wide range. It's going to be scary right now if you're projected to have a top pick because there's some guys there that I think are going to get the number one tag. At, it's not going to be a normal year to have a number one tag. But there's also some guys that are there, – there's some really intriguing depth. The race for number one is going to be awesome because there's so many questions on the top guys. like. Matches with Vellis, they, the Ignite are going to get a lot of attention right out of the gate. Um, they're going to have around seven prospects off the top of my head that are going to get a lot of attention. Probably the most talented roster the Ignite are going to have. It's going to be fascinating to see kind of what they do with playing time. Do they potentially get some guys, some games where they're like, hey, load management, let's sit you down so we can get this guy some run. I don't know. You're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to get a lot of these guys time to shine. They got a crowded front court. They got a crowded back court there. It's going to be really interesting to see. Ron Holland's the name everyone's going to be talking about. A lot of boards are going to probably have Ron Holland at the top. And I, I've, you know, myself, Corey, Metcalf, Albert, we went to Nike Hoop Summit, saw a lot of these guys in Portland. 
probably one of my favorite events to ever go to. Um, I'm already foaming at the mouth for next year. Here's the thing. We saw a lot of those guys. And I think the consensus with all of us when we were talking after we left the gym every time was like, the guys that are projected at the top right now, we have the most questions about. Because of that tag, like Justin Edwards is probably, he's going to Kentucky, lefty, good size, good frame, can shoot it from outside. I think he's got some defensive upside. Just played in Global Jam, looked good. Probably going to be the favorite for my personal big board. And this year, we're going to be showcasing a lot of our personal rankings at No Ceilings, be on the lookout. We're going to have some fun, fun announcements moving forward. Edwards is probably going to be the leading candidate right now for me personally to be at the top of my big board. Um, I hate preseason big boards because there's so much that can change, especially with this class. There's so much that can change and, and, and movement, but I feel the most comfortable right now with Edwards. Um, he was ESPN's number one prospect. Everyone was like, oh gosh, so like for a number one prospect, shouldn't you be going crazy and put up numbers? I think it's just Edwards tools that he has to develop. I love that he's going to Kentucky. I think he's going to put forth a good year. I feel the best about him at number one. And then that brings us back to Ron Holland and what we saw in person in, in Portland. And throughout the practices, I was like, man, Holland, I, I need another gear. And then they get to the games and Holland looked like the guy that could be a top five pick. He was all over the place. He's playing high level. He's impacting the game. So it's going to be some questions with him. Does the shot come around? What a fun saying to always say about every prospect. But it's it's true with Holland. Like, he has the versatility, the high motor, the defensive upside to really be an intriguing talent, but can that shot come around? Buzelis is another guy that's going to get a lot of buzz, and there's some fun stuff. I mean, he's a straight-line driver with great athleticism and gets downhill in a hurry. He shows some flashes of having some crazy counters. The shot looks to be coming around. A lot of raw tools, a lot of raw offensive tools. Like His highlight tape's obviously going to be very exciting to watch because he's just... 6'9", 6'10", lengthy, skinny, forward with some ball handling and creativity that can live above the rim. It's the in-between game. Can that come around? Can he add some weight? Can he deal with the physicality of playing with the Ignite? That's going to be some some questions moving forward. DJ Wagner, Kentucky, big name, big prospect. Personally, I'm going to have him lower on my board. I've, I've just I've seen him in person. I've watched him in games. I'm not there to have DJ Wagner as a top pick. Um, and people might be like, what are you talking about? Guess what? He's going to the perfect place to, to figure it out and prove me wrong. And I'm excited to see like global jam. He's looked better to me. I'm excited to see that. I want to be wrong. I absolutely want to be wrong and we're going to see, but just from what I've seen in Portland in person and in some other games, I have a lot of questions about DJ as potentially a franchise point guard moving forward. Isaiah Collier of USC, I'm very intrigued with. He popped a lot in Portland when I saw him. Physical, tough. He's a dog on the court. Outside shot comes around, I'm going to be really excited. I imagine that's something he's been dominating, getting ready for this year at USC. He's going to put up numbers. Very excited to see what he can do. Um, and Marco Jackson in Kansas, I'm really excited about too. Like, There's just a lot of guys that you can get excited about, you can get intrigued with but they all got questions. They all have big questions. And that's why I think it's going to be so fascinating with this 24 class when it comes to case studies and evaluating like who's going to take that next step. Right now we have so many questions, but who can take that next step in their development and really start to cement themselves? Like I said before, the Ignite have about seven guys. The biggest thing I would say for the 24 class, get on that international train early. 
there's some real legit international names to keep an eye on. Like, for example, the 23 class, I think we ended up with six players drafted from the international game. I've got preseason in my database, like 20 names that I think legit are going to make some serious case to get up there. And like AJ Johnson, obviously re- like decided to go play overseas in the NBL. So like he's in that conversation, Alexander Saar, but there's some other guys too. The day Mara of Spain, there's been rumors about maybe he goes to UCLA really talented, like seven, two big man, incredibly skilled playmaking, great field touch with both hands around. He's a wild card. Um, there's some uh, NBL is going to be awesome this year. There's an announcement that they're going to have a little bit of a showcase with some of this talent. Those games are going to be awesome to watch. Juan Nunez is a guy that was playing in Germany with Ratio Farm. I talked to a scout. That was like one of the first names he brought up. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's interesting. Um, there's just a lot of names, folks. Um, obviously, like Alex Tuhi was supposed to be going to Gonzaga. Now he's going to go play in the NBL. That's the name to watch out. I like him. I saw him at Hoop Summit. Thought he was really intriguing as kind of a connecting piece, big man with high motor. Excited to see what he does. Um, but AJ Johnson's the name I'm really pumped to watch. Shout out to Corey. He kind of pushed that name for us early on. He's like, hey, I saw him live. He's got some serious game. That's that's another one I'd watch out for. It's a wild class. It really is going to be wild. It's going to be so much fun. Like this class is going to be chaos. And I think the international class was a little weak this year. I think it's going to bring the hammer for the 24. A lot of returners too. I think that you should get excited about, you know, Kyle Filipowski has a little lower on as of 23 prospect. Sounds like he's put on a bunch of weight. Be interested to see what he does. He should put up some good numbers. That three-point shot comes around at a more consistent level. He's going to be a popular name. Donovan Klingon of UConn, obviously, is going to have plenty of fans. There's a lot of names. Tyrese Proctor, love him. Absolutely excited, I think could explode with a big offseason. I, I know he knows what's at stake. The Duke team's got a lot of pieces on that roster. Jared McCain's another name I absolutely love. I think he was one of those guys that's impressed me the most in person. It's just a laundry list of guys that I could be like, hey, I'm, I'm intrigued with him. But then you're like, okay, are you intrigued with him as a top five guy? And I'm like, I don't know if I'm there yet. And then one of the hot takes I had was like, hey, maybe this is a class where, yeah, there's some questions. Maybe it's not a one and done year. And then all of a sudden some of these guys return and it becomes a very juicy 25 class. We don't know. We got a lot of questions. Um, But the 24 class is going to be really fun. Start looking into international guys. I promise you there's some real fun talent. France has got like four or five guys off the top of my head that watching at FIBA, I was very excited about um, that Spain team at FIBA too. If you haven't watched, woo, go watch that. Really fun class. For the international, I think they're going to bring a little bit of heat that everyone's going to be a little shocked about. But I, I really do think, too, like, don't we always say, hey, this is going to be a weak class. And then in five months, we're going to be like, hey, this class has some really fun pieces. Like, it, it happens every year. We've been spoiled the last three drafts when it comes to the top of the draft and the star power. We might be in for a little bit of a realistic world now with with the 24 class but i do think there's fun depth everywhere i think there's fun pieces don't give up on it get excited this isn't a year i want everyone to be like oh man the 20 like no this is gonna be a fun year if you're an evaluator you get dive in early and find your guys a lot of a lot of new names a lot of returners that i think could really help this class out i'm excited to see but that's all i got folks um this has been a good one I appreciate you guys, you know, listening to me vent a little bit, sharing some thoughts. 
We've got a lot of stuff working behind the scenes. I know it's a little downtime right now for no ceilings, but we got a lot of stuff we're working on trying to get ready to go. Um, some really exciting announcements for year three. We're really pumped with where we're heading and we want to thank all of you guys for your support. Even now, like the support right now has been awesome. We've been loving talking to everyone in the off season, kind of preparing for the upcoming year. I think we're all getting the itch to start. So we might be starting back and open up the floodgates a little early. Thank you for joining me. You know, I'm Tyler Rucker. You can follow me, follow me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Rucker. DM me. Let's talk hoops. My DMs are always open. Be on the lookout this year. YouTube channel is going to get a little bit of an overhaul. We're going to start doing some serious projects on that. So I'm really excited. And, you know, if you're not subscribed, subscribe to us on YouTube. Go subscribe to NoSealingsNBA.com. It's free. We have some bonus stuff this year. It's going to be really exciting when we announce that. We've been working hard behind the scenes. But thank you guys for spending the time. Everyone have a good weekend. Enjoy it. Stay safe out there. And uh, love you guys all. Have a good one.